0: Hey there, welcome to the third seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft and & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all r- links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to my guest today. Some of you may remember uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, I interviewed someone who works at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. He was, or he is, a professor of photojournalism. He worked uh, for the Chattanooga Times Free Press for many years. He is a very accomplished photojournalist, and he was his name was Billy Weeks. He was a great guy to interview and to talk to. And at the conclusion of our interview, once we turned the cameras off and turned the mics off and everything, he told me he said. Uh, He said, can I give a recommendation for someone that I think you should talk to? And I said, sure, by all means. And he told me, he said, someone you need to reach out to is a former student of mine named Nessa Parrish. And I said, all right, I'll write that name down and and, uh, get in contact with her. So he he sang her praises, he said she was a great student, that she was worth getting in touch with and reaching out to her. Uh, So that's what I did, and so today that is who I have with me here. Uh, I have Nessa Parrish, she is a former student at UTC. Uh, She recently graduated with a degree in uh, mass communications Mm -hmm. and media studies, I believe. She is the current uh, production assistant at WUTC, the radio station uh, at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And so far, uh, as I've gotten to know her a little bit, she has been an incredibly interesting, a very kind, and uh, easygoing person that I'm really excited to talk to today. So, uh, Nessa, thank you for joining me today. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming out. So... Uh, I know I gave a little bit of introduction about you and, and what you do, but I don't want to take up too much of, of the spotlight for you. Just for those that are not aware uh, and those that may not uh, you know, know, the, know the work that you do and the work that you've done, just give a little bit about yourself if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, so while I was learning under Billy Weeks, I studied in a class called Rising Rock, mm-hmm. which is a capstone course where you kind of get to put your skills from all of your previous classes Mm -hmm. in one and you get to be a student journalist. And you do everything from reaching out to people, writing stories on them, photos, videos, audio stories, everything Mm -hmm. all on your own and we publish it as a class. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of get to test what it's like to be a journalist without the high stakes and that pay. And that I think that class was the best thing that I ever did in school, honestly.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, after, I don't know if if he brought it up in the interview itself, Mm -hmm. but definitely after we finished the interview, uh, when I was talking to Billy, he brought up Rising Rock, and so I was a a finance student, Mm -hmm. and so I was not very, uh, I didn't interact much with the, you know, federal journalism students or many in that department, so i wasn't aware of rising rock up until that point uh but he showed me some of the some of the work that y'all you that you've done that you know you uh rising rock as a whole have done and i was like this is this is incredible like it was so cool seeing how people my age and younger are Actively going out into the community and finding all these really cool stories with which a lot of them uh, A lot of them were in the Chattanooga area. They're Mm -hmm. not like, you know, some may be big stories But a lot of them were here locally. I mean, they were they were kind of like, uh, you know, uncovered gems. Mm -hmm. like, you know, they were it was things that uh, Maybe, you know, individuals like myself or people just out on the streets may not know about, you know, and so it was really cool there was one that uh, I heard about what was it? we we talked about it. his name was a uh, F- friendly neighborhood Fred was that his name? Yep. They, I, I forget who did that story, but we were talking about. It and I was like that was that was so cool just seeing him and, and everything that he did and I forget where it is that he lived, but it was really cool to see the work mm-hmm. that you all did and the fact that it's just students taking uh, taking the reins with that and running with it is, is really cool and really inspiring. You know, uh, yep. I, I thought that was really interesting.
1: It was and still is. They're doing great stuff right now, yeah. but Rising Rock is. That perfect avenue for students mm-hmm. that want to tell stories, and most of the people in that class have stories that they already want to tell, or you know, mm-hmm. kinds of stories that they're interested in telling. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's uncut or hidden gyms mm-hmm. in the community, or athletes mm-hmm. or cars, you know, there's some way you can tie that in mm-hmm. to what you do in Rising Rock, and that was why it's such a great opportunity, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, I Served as the editor in chief for two semesters, mm-hmm. and that experience by far set me apart from my peers. Mm-hmm. Just in, I have that experience. You mm-hmm. know, I got to do those things where most people have to work to have that position mm-hmm. already, and it kind of made me realize that that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's more than just, oh, this is a fun class, this is something that I would love to do with my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you mentioned how uh, working at Rising Rock and and doing all the work that you did has shown you that uh, there's stories that you want to tell and stories that you have found that you want to explore, but. I mean, we were just talking about this before we started rolling here, that I personally, and you echoed that, that I I believe everyone has some story to tell. Maybe they don't, you know, they may not view themselves as the most interesting person in the world, or maybe they don't have all these crazy stories, but I think everyone has at least one thing that they're passionate about, or that they Mm -hmm. love to talk about, or that they want to share with the world, in some form or another, it doesn't have to be, you know, audibly like we're doing right now. It doesn't have to be over video. It, it can be in any any medium. There's all different uh, different avenues to express yourself and the stories you want to share. Um, and I think that's that that really is the cool part about what you all do. It's not just like oh, we took these cool pictures and talked to these interesting people, and you know, all that's great, but. The fact that you're getting to not only share the stories of the people in the community mm-hmm. while simultaneously allowing the, the person behind the camera, the person writing the articles, to express themselves, it's a really cool marriage of uh, of, of creativity mm-hmm. and and passion. I think uh, it, it's really interesting. And as someone who did not get to work in Rising Rock, it makes me mm-hmm. a little bit jealous now that I wasn't aware of it or that I didn't I wasn't able to take part of it uh, or at least you know uh, support it in some way while I was at UTC. But uh, it's, it's really cool to see individuals like yourself uh, that's, that really were inspired by not only Professor Weeks but mm-hmm. uh, just the whole uh, department and, and Rising Rock as a whole. So uh, yeah, that was really cool. On, on that note, mm-hmm. I was curious. So. How long were you in Rising Rock or were you working uh, on that project?
1: I was in Rising Rock for three semesters. My first semester, I was just a regular student journalist and then my final two, I was the editor in chief.
0: So I'm sure that, and maybe even before, and I'm sure you still uh, are connected with some of the Mm -hmm. individuals even after the fact, I'm sure there's gotta be a couple stories, or a couple favorites, uh, articles or, or people that you met during your time at Rising Rock Just what, what are off the top of your head, what are some of your favorite stories that you had whenever uh, you were working there?
1: Definitely the tree hugger story. (laughs) We had. um, Yeah, We
0: talked about that a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. Billy
1: came in and was like, there's a lady hugging a tree for (laughs) the world record I don't know what it is, but go find out. Yeah. And we were like, okay, that's not much to go yeah, off I was of. Like, okay, let's
0: go, let's go find all the trees, and let's yep. go see. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we had to like quick Google everything, find her name. There were a few articles mm-hmm. about, you know, hey, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we had to dig into that. I reached out to the lady, uh, her name was Adrienne Long. And I was like, hey, can we cover this? We see what you're gonna do. Let us like do a story on it. Mm-hmm. And we went and did that, and um, one of the guys in my group, his name is Dwayne, he mm. took most of the videos and most of the photos that day. He was there for almost the entire time, <laughs> which was around 10 hours and 20 or so minutes, yeah. and that was insane to just witness someone hug a tree for that long, Yeah. and yeah. you know, we got to dig into why, why is this something you want to do, yeah. who does this, like what is the benefit, yeah. and you know, it uncovered the story of It was kind of in honor of her mom, Mm -hmm. and she was raising money for the Chattanooga Audubon Society and was like, you know, it's cool to be a tree hugger. And so there were so many different things that from the surface we didn't see, and at first we were like, Billy, why? No one cares. But then we started looking into it, and we were like, okay, yeah, people will care. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, and like you said, at first it was just like there's just some random person hugging a tree. Like, okay, (laughs) uh, I don't know if I... Okay, whatever. We'll go out and check it out, mm-hmm. but uh, it wasn't just. I mean, obviously, this is the world record, and you know, uh, maybe she just had a slow day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't just the fact that she just wanted to hug a tree. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was there was meaning behind it. Uh, like you said, she was raising money for the Audubon Society. It mm-hmm. was in uh, in reference in in reference to her mm-hmm. mom, uh, and even what I saw, I, I maybe. I, I may have misread or something, but it looked like there were people that had, like you all weren't the only ones there, like there were people okay. that had come up and whether they were just encouraging her or mm-hmm. supporting uh, what she did, it was kind of cool to see that how it, at first glance it was this strange like, okay, you're gonna hug a tree for how many hours? <laughs> but uh, it was this small little, little event where people were able to come together and, and support the work this lady was doing in a fairly unorthodox way, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it, it's really cool and I, I think that speaks to the beauty of what you all do as, as photojournalists. you know, we uh, Billy and I talked about this a little bit, but it's one thing to just take pictures of things, and, mm-hmm. and that definitely has its lane, its place. You know, we, t- we talked about some of our personal favorite just uh, photos over the history of time, but it's another thing to be a photojournalist. You're not just taking pictures, you're, you're telling a story, mm-hmm. you're documenting, you're showing the world that may not know about that specific incident what is happening there, uh, whether it's good, bad, ugly, whatever. You're you're documenting and showing the world, and Mm. I think you know whatever you're documenting. uh, The work that you all do is essential because you know without the work that you all do, we wouldn't know about uh, stories like that. We wouldn't be able to see into uh, the good of the world. We wouldn't be able to see into uh, the negative aspects where we have we have room to improve. I think the work you all do is very essential, and hearing the stories like that is is really cool. It's it's really inspiring, you know. Yeah, um,
1: they're really great to tell because yeah. I mean, like you said, those things you don't most people don't know about. You know, certain stories mm-hmm. until until they see it on the news mm-hmm. or on social media, mm-hmm. and so being able to say, "Hey, yeah, there was this lady that hugged this tree," mm-hmm. or you know, "There is this guy in this neighborhood that does all of these amazing things for everyone there." but no one knows about that yeah. because, you know, they're not a part of that community. So mm-hmm. that person or that group or whatever has the chance to be highlighted as they should be. Mm-hmm. And that was being able to do that for them and, yeah. you know, for everyone else to see, hey, this is something great that mm-hmm. is happening. Yeah, Look how awesome. Yeah, That is just the best thing.
0: And, and too, like, not that we, maybe it's just a product of me getting older. Not that you know we shouldn't. We should give coverage to all kinds of things, but there's just so much neg- negative news press. Which because partly because there's a lot of bad things that happen in the world. I mean, we, we just live in a in a messed up world, and mm-hmm. a lot of bad things happen, and and those things need to be covered. But. I don't think oftentimes we hear about or we get enough good uh, press coverage of, of things like this where it's just like, hey, uh, maybe it's not the most groundbreaking thing in the world, but let's highlight this person doing some good, uh, this person trying to make a uh, change, make an impact in some small way. You know, mm-hmm. Not all of us have the resources to change the world on a monumental scale, but um, we do have a, maybe a small sphere of influence where we can make change like that, even if it's just hugging a tree for, yeah. was it like 10 hours? Is that what it was? Yeah,
1: it was 10 hours Jeez. and I think like 28 minutes. Did
0: it she like eat food or anything? Like what did she Yeah, do? her, her <laughs> she sister did.
1: brought, um, I believe it was her sister or her close friend brought oh. like coffee and snacks yeah. and just different stuff t- for her to eat and like yeah. watch a video every yeah. now and then. And they had... um I believe it was a choir that came out and they danced and they sang yeah. and they also had like yoga groups yeah. out there where they did meditations yeah. and it was kind of just like mm-hmm. what can we do in the, you know, general vicinity of this lady who's hugging this tree yeah. to encourage her, like, hey, here's this good energy, we're with you. Maybe not for ten hours, but we're here <laughs> right now. Well, was
0: that like one of who was it you said was there for uh, like, the whole time? Dwayne
1: Bingham. He was Jeez absolutely monumental in that project that
0: is that's crazy i mean yeah that's just i think of like a work day of like you know seven or eight hours but Mm. the fact of standing there looking for 10 hours is just insane um and you know even with stories like that they're fairly you know i mean they're not going to get national news or usually they're not going to get national news coverage but they're still important to find. And in that instance, you you talked about how uh, Professor Weeks, he was like, hey, there's this, this is happening somewhere, yep. go find it. But oftentimes, I mean, I would imagine it's not always that simple as somebody just walking up to you and saying, hey, this is, this is happening, go find it. What what did you all do, or, or what was your process for finding a good story? Because you know, there's all kinds of in every community, mm-hmm. you know, large and small. There's all kinds of uh, interesting stories uh, and interesting people to talk to, but it's not always that simple to find those stories and to explore them. What what was what what did you all do to find stories like that?
1: So a lot of times it kind of starts with I have something I'm interested in. How can I dig into that to find a story? And because you know, most times you're not. Presented like Billy did that first class where he gave it to us. You have to find your own and so Within that you sort of pick a topic, you know, if you're into cars Who do I know that does something cool with cars? Maybe this person has been rebuilding this one Mm -hmm. for ten years with their dad, but their dad passed and you know now It's their project. Mm -hmm. That's a story that Nobody but maybe them and their friends and family know but that may be inspiring to someone else in some way and so it's kind of just looking at your own life and your own interests and seeing where that exists for others. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a crazy roller coaster, yeah. honestly. Sometimes you're handed one, Sometimes you see it in your, in your own life, and yeah. sometimes it's on the side of the road, and you just have to pull over and start filming. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, when you talking about how sometimes they're just handed to you on a silver platter, and it's like, okay, I need to run with this, and yep. sometimes, uh, sometimes you're not, and. To me, the f- which I think you may have uh, either worked with or done the full story on this, but to me, the first thing I think of when I think of handed on a silver platter was just the whole experience of the first year to two years of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody has, which we're still dealing with that, you know, in in a lot of different ways even now. But that first, you know, six months, first year, uh, as you know, s- some people we were all in different uh, phases of life. And I believe that you wrote about it, what it was like from like a student's perspective. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that correct? Or um, I may have misread that. In a way. Yeah. So
1: we did the uh, year of COVID in review. Yeah. So we did a overview of what's happening right now, what did the past year look like, yeah. and then what does the future look like? Yeah. And I worked on the past. Yeah. So with that, we talked to the people who were in Rising Rock when school shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to suddenly turn from spring break to yeah. I can't work on my final story, so yeah. I have to find one in my own life. Mm-hmm. And that's where they started doing um, like journals mm-hmm. and photographing their own families and life and what their life looked like at that time, mm-hmm. writing about what's happening. And so we went back and talked to those students mm-hmm. and were like, tell us more about that. Mm-hmm. What, Where are you now? Yeah. What's happened since then? And tell us the whole story. And so that. We kind of got to hear you know what wasn't talked about yeah. you know because they they gave snapshots yeah. and they didn't really highlight oh you know my cousin got really sick mm. and you know my aunt passed away or anything like that mm. in those journals because those were not happening just yet yeah and so that's kind of where we talked about okay what what did that look like yeah and highlighting you know, the process of suddenly you're on spring break and now you're on the forever spring break. Mm. And, or it felt like forever spring break. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. no, I remember when that first happened, uh, when, like you said at the time, we were on spring break and initially, they they UTC put out an announcement. I guess it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna take a like a two week break or like a, or an extra week." Mm-hmm. And I remember, like me and all our friends were like, "Heck yeah, that's awesome! Yep. Like we get another week. Like you know, I don't want to be because of this weird virus, but hey, we get another week off from school. It doesn't sound too bad to me." And then within like a day, it was just like, "No, we're just gonna go online. We're gonna shut down for mm-hmm. a week or two and try to figure it out beyond that." And it was it was such a weird feeling of like just such uncertainty because nobody at least around me Mm -hmm. was like we don't know what to do Like, i remember I, i may have told this story before but during that semester i was in a public speaking class and uh my professor's name was patrick sweetman i don't know if you took him before but he was one of my favorite professors and i guess it was in like early january maybe or late january early february and he said yeah there's this news of this virus we we don't think it's going to become anything. We you know we have a plan if if things you know do kind of hit the fan, but we think everything's going to be all right. And then like in a couple of weeks, everything was online, everything was shut down, and it just goes to show how quickly everything changed and mm-hmm. how how just our lives were thrown upside down. Um, do you, what what was it like just from your perspective as a student? Because we talked a little bit with uh, I think maybe Billy and, and another. Mm-hmm. Uh, another professor that we interviewed, just about what it was like from their perspective as a professor during that time. For as a student, I mean, I have my own experience, but what was it like for you as someone in in the journalist field where mm-hmm. you kind of have to be out and about and in, in the moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like for you during that time?
1: So I, to back up a little bit, I was in a bunch of classes that I really needed to be in person, mm-hmm. such as Photojournalism mm-hmm. too where that's where you go tell stories Mm -hmm. and when you don't have anywhere to go to because (laughs) you're not allowed or you know it might not be safe you kind of have to just find something else Mm -hmm. and so I you know I turned to my siblings because I lived in the dorms at the time Mm -hmm. I had to move back home with my Three younger siblings, and my dad and stepmom, and the two pets. Mm-hmm. You know, going from a four-person quiet dorm to yeah. six people and two animals—that is just <laughs> full of noise. Sounds
0: like a like a like a farm. You yeah, know? it, <laughs> like it felt like, like one. animals.
1: It it was crazy to just see how fast I had to pivot, but it also was really inspiring to kind of challenge myself Mm -hmm. to see how resilient I could be. Mm -hmm. You know, here's this big challenge of, I have to tell a story, I still have to pass this class and make these grades, but how do I do that in this situation? Mm -hmm. And so, I turned to my siblings, I turned to myself and my parents, and even the pets, Mm -hmm. Billy hates cats. (laughs) I I, I took pictures of cats and I was like, I I did this. What else am I supposed to do? Yeah, what what do you want, the grass? (laughs) And he was like, you know, tell the stories that you have to tell. And yeah. so that's kind of what we did and yeah. made the best of what we could, honestly.
0: Yeah, and, and the funny thing is about that time, I mean, looking back, it's I, I remember I, you know, came back from spring break and I moved, you know, went back to my house and moved everything out of my dorm and went back to live with my parents for a little bit. and. I think we were all kind of going through similar experiences Mm -hmm. where we were all like, we don't really know what to do. We're cooped up in our houses for who knows how long. We're here with all our family, our pets. I guess what, like, I remember at that time, I I had like nothing going on. And I said, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna like learn some magic tricks. Like, I looked up on my, like, some card tricks. I was like, (laughs) I don't know what else to do with my time. I'm just sitting here all day long. But, uh, those experiences, mm-hmm. even though it, on the surface they seem very boring and very, uh, you know, it's like there's nothing really going on and, and very plain, I kind of look back fondly on those times, at least for me, because mm-hmm. that was time where I just got to be with my family and my loved ones, and I got to spend time with them where it wasn't under the best circumstances, but um, I was really grateful to be around them and, and mm-hmm. to kind of and to spend time with them and to see what it's like just to be around them all day long. Uh, and in a weird way, it was very kind of fun in, in, in some ways, for me personally. And, and I'm sure for you, looking back, it probably did a lot of good for you as a photojournalist mm-hmm. because, like you said, it challenged you in a lot of ways. You weren't just handed a story, you kind of had to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there are countless stories of that uh, and, and across all fields of having to kind of make the best of what you're given, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: yeah. it's. Funny you say that because speaking of things that you just kind of picked up in the middle of that my dad had a friend that had a bamboo like forest in his backyard yeah. and was moving and so my dad was like can I have the bamboo <laughs> and he built a bamboo hut in our living room really? around the couch he lined the entire thing with bamboo <laughs> and like put blankets over the top and built a yeah. fort and it was weird, yeah. but it was also really cool yeah. when you've got... You well, know what else are you supposed to do? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one's coming over. It's yeah. just us. We're here having fun. It was me and my... I had, uh, at the time, they were 11, mm-hmm. 10, and 7, my siblings. Mm-hmm. And so, for them, it's that is a fort. This is a castle now. This is, you know, where we play games together yeah. and we do all these fun things. And for me, it was, you know, I get to help my dad build this for my siblings. And yeah. it's something where I get to spend time with them because previously... I had not lived with my dad, mm-hmm. and so I kind of got to have that experience of he just moved back from Miami with mm-hmm. all my siblings, and I get to be a part of their family here, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of that special moment where I got something that I didn't have when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a second childhood. You yeah. know, I built forts with my dad, yeah. and, you know, with shot... like, the couch
0: cushions and yeah. 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 Yeah, we
1: had blankets, bamboo, anything yeah. you can imagine. Yeah. It was just, it was kind of the best thing to happen yeah. I guess during that time yeah. definitely what I needed but yeah. it was an awesome yeah experience. well you gotta
0: make the most of it mm-hmm. you know uh, it was something that my family did which was, look we have videos of it but we, so my family has a miniature wiener dog, and oh, yeah. she's like the funniest looking dog, but what we would do is every day we would, my family would get around this big table, and we would draw these, we would have like a theme, like we would mm-hmm. have to draw like a, like a rabbit or something, I don't know, and we would all like make our best rabbits with these colors, and then we would set them all down on the ground, and we'd put treats on them, Aww. and we'd say, okay, you're gonna go pick the best one, like we'd see which one she went to first, then which one she went to next, like which treat we got, and we would do that every day, and like, it was kinda silly, like there was no reason for it or anything, but it was fun, like yeah. we and every day we'd get her on the table and be like, "All right, what are we, we going to draw now?" Like we draw something <laughs> and we make her, you know, get her to pick the her favorite ones, and it, you know, it was just silly things like that. Like it was obviously amidst unfortunate circumstances, mm-hmm. but you got to you know, uh, make the best of the, the you know, make the best of the cards you the hand you've been dealt. Exactly. Um, and I think that's really cool uh, that that your family was able to kind of come together mm-hmm. amidst you know with the bamboo and everything and, yep. and relive those old experiences. Uh, that's 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 cool. As I mean, obviously during that time, for virtually everyone, mm-hmm. travel was obviously somewhat limited. And even even if you were able to go somewhere, I mean, I remember for me, uh, you know, my girlfriend, she her hometown is in West Tennessee, and so at mm-hmm. that time she was out there, and I really wanted to go visit her, but I was like, I don't know if I should. Mm-hmm. Like, should I, I? I don't. It was so early on, like I didn't know if I should go out there, or whatever. And and obviously now, almost three years removed, uh, for, which is kind of crazy to think about. Oh, yeah. um, we travel has opened up a lot more, mm-hmm. obviously more than it was during the early uh, stages of the pandemic. And so with that in mind, I was curious as someone who's worked in the journalism field and photojournalism field, what is like your dream? If I could travel anywhere and meet anyone, what is like your dream? I want to travel here and talk to this person or write this story. What, what What's that dream for you personally?
1: So those are kind of Two different answers. I want to travel to Australia. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I would love to live there. It's a beautiful place, I don't know why, but I've just always been drawn to that that place. Mm -hmm. That is the land where I'm meant to be, Mm -hmm. and the person I'd like to see is actually in California. Yeah. If um, <laughs> we can get
0: them in Australia, yes. Then all the if he will go better. there,
1: yeah. I am golden. <laughs> but he's, uh, Steve Van Doren is mm. the son of Paul Van Doren who started Vans, the shoe company. Uh-huh. And that is like my idol. That mm. is the company that I also work for um, mm. outside of the radio station. But ever since I was a kid, I've just loved Vans and skating culture mm. and Extreme sports and anything that they kind of entailed and mm-hmm. so Meeting the guy who is behind all of those things mm-hmm. would be the coolest thing ever Yeah, so I would say that would be my person yeah. if he went to Australia, then that would just be great.
0: Yeah Well, well, well maybe if you can keep up with where he goes, you know, you never know uh, You know, it's it's funny. I uh, A couple years I, I guess it was during 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I've talked about this before. I was working at working at Target, mm-hmm. and I didn't like hate it there or anything, but I didn't want to work there. Like it was kind of just like a means to an end for me. Mm-hmm. And if you had told me at that time that I would be doing what I'm doing now, like what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. i would have been like, you're, "You're you're crazy." But here we are doing it. And so mm-hmm. I say all that to say, you never know. I mean, you you know you know where you are now. I'm sure if you you know if you looked at Nessa of two or three years ago, you she would probably say, "Ah, no, I don't think she's going to be doing what she's doing yep. now." <laughs> Uh, so who knows? You may you may get to meet uh, what was, what, Steve
1: Van Doren. Steve
0: Van Doren. Uh, you, you never know. He may take a trip down to Australia and that may be your chance.
1: Uh, that would be yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, or maybe he'll go hug a tree for 10 hours. You never know. <laughs>
1: I'll be there. Whatever tree he goes to, I will certainly be yeah, there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, I would asked you about how you find, or at least for you personally, like how you find a good story. Um, and I think you talked about how it's not, I mean, obviously sometimes it's handed to you on a silver mm-hmm. platter and it's like, you know, like that case with, with Billy, like he said, hey, you just need to go do this and it's like, okay, we're gonna go do it yep. and see what happens. Uh, but you talked about how writing about and exploring what you enjoy personally, what you're passionate about, that's really what you think drives uh, the best stories. It's, if someone, you know, say, let's uh, let's say just someone uh, like, like yourself, maybe starting college, maybe they want to do something similar to what uh, you're doing and what you did do uh, at UTC. A young creative individual is like, hey, I want to work in a field like this or in a field similar to this, but I don't really know where to start. I don't know, because I mean, fields that require you to channel creative energies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you think of all the different art fields, uh, field like photojournalism mm-hmm. or just photography, there's not really like a, the, the path to success in those fields are not always the same, mm-hmm. they're very different. Uh, and so with that in mind i think people who have been able to accomplish uh, accomplish good things even like yourself i mean I, you may not consider yourself an accomplished person but i think someone that has uh, been able to do what you do uh, as and you know somewhat make a career out of it is, is really really interesting and really inspiring Thank someone you. that does stuff like mm-hmm. that uh, can help a lot help help out a lot individuals that are wanting to come up in those fields mm-hmm. so i sell that to say if someone like yourself, maybe three or four years ago, comes up to you and is like, "Hey, Nessa, I, I want to do something like this, but I don't know where to start. What's just what is something that you would recommend to that person? What's a piece of advice you would want to hand down to that to someone like that?"
1: If they're not hundred percent sure what they want to do, mm-hmm. find out what you don't want to do, yeah. and do that by trying everything. Yeah. You can, you know, so many people are willing to let you shadow them or you know at least talk to them about what they do. And if you're not interested, mm-hmm. all right, cross that box off, on mm-hmm. to the next. And, you know, if you happen to have an idea, find someone who does that Mm -hmm. and just ask them questions, you know, Mm -hmm. follow them around, ask if you can, you know, shadow them at work or Mm -hmm. in a day of whatever it is that they do, Mm -hmm. you know, find what it took for them to get where they are Mm -hmm. and just, Keep digging, yeah. honestly.
0: No, and and I think uh, I would 100% agree with that. although it's in a somewhat different uh, manner. When I first started college, I was a engineering major, and newsflash, that was a terrible idea for me. <laughs> uh, I was not good at calculus. I had never taken a physics class in my life. I had no clue what was going on. I just I did not fit in even a little bit. And so obviously, you know, things panned out for me in the end. But I remember at that at that time, I told myself I was like, okay. I don't know what I want to do necessarily, but I know what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do engineering. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So let's mark those off, and we'll try something different. And through my personal experience, in a, in a similar way, I was able to find fields that did interest me. I really, uh, I, I thought the the business field was interesting, but there was only certain aspects of it that I really wanted to work in. Uh, and and even at that, like I, I later found that I really enjoy speaking to people and speaking mm-hmm. with people, and was able to do what I'm do you know do what I do now uh, as part of my job and. And it, part of that journey is discovering what you don't want to do. Uh, I, I think, especially if you're going into college, uh, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're new a new student, a freshman going to college, it's so hard to be like, people ask you, like, oh, what are you going to major? What are you going to do here? What are you going to do there? And, like, heck, if you had asked me, at, uh, you know, exiting high school, like, I would have given you an answer, but I didn't really know <laughs> what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I just had some answer because I knew people would ask me you're only really gonna learn that over time, I think. And going through experiences like that is really, in my personal life and experience, what really teaches you what you should be doing and what you uh, will want to do, hopefully for a career, uh, and and what inspires you, you know?
1: Yeah, and I'll say the path that I just explained to find what you want to do isn't even what I did. Mm -hmm. I was very firm that I was going to be in PR, public relations, and Work, I wanted to do that at Vans, um, and I was like, okay, I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna focus on public relations and doing all of the press releases mm-hmm. and everything for this company. And then in my media writing one class, this old guy sticks his head in and said, hey, how's it going to my teacher? Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be Billy. Oh, yeah. And he, my teacher was like, hey, come tell us, you know, tell us about yourself, mm-hmm. tell the students what you do. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he gave a presentation. And in that it kind of changed everything where I was, it was the fall of 2018. And at that point I just completely switched and was like, I want to do what this guy is doing. Mm-hmm. He just explained everything I want to do with my life. I need to learn everything he knows. Yeah. And so then from that next semester until I graduated, every semester I took one of his classes yeah. and it took for me, it took just some dude sticking his head in my class <laughs> and saying, "Hey!" And then suddenly, I realized I want to do that. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, it whenever kind of just
0: pops up. whenever Billy was here, uh, and I mean, I hope the, the the people that listen to this they can probably tell, but I could. It was such a joy speaking to him because I could tell that he just he loved what he did. Uh, whether it was his time at you know being a photojournalist at the, the Times Free Press or what he does now mm-hmm. as a as a professor, it was so. It was really cool just seeing someone who the work they do isn't just necessarily because they have to do it, but it's because they really want to. Mm-hmm. They they want to inspire the people below them. They want to uh, their work. They want their work to have an impact on those mm-hmm. around them, and it inspired me not necessarily because I am a photojournalist, but because it it showed me that if you know what you want to do, or if you know that you have a passion, mm-hmm. you can make a career out of. It. You can there is a there is a lane you can carve out for yourself to. Uh, have a viable career for that, and it was just so cool to see him talk about that. It, it made me wish that I had gotten to take some mm-hmm. of his classes because I was like, man, now, I was a I was a business major, but I kind of wished <laughs> I was able to take some of his classes as like a you know uh, something like extracurricular. I don't know, I don't know, because he was just so passionate about what he did. He had so many cool stories, mm-hmm. and he was just such a such an interesting individual and kind guy to talk to. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you you would definitely echo that. I mean, he of the people I've talked to that. He worked with. I mean, they all have only good things to say about him, and mm-hmm. so it, people like that really inspire me uh, and are just the best people to be around, in my opinion. You know,
1: absolutely, yeah. Billy absolutely changed. I'll say my life, mm-hmm. my career, everything that <clears throat> I do now stems from him saying hey to my class. Yeah, because you know, even when I started his first PJ or photojournalism class, mm-hmm. I was still okay, maybe I can do this as a side thing. You Mm -hmm. know, I'll have my career with Mm -hmm. PR, and I'll do video and photo on the side. Mm -hmm. But I started videography when I was nine Mm -hmm. and started filming weddings with my stepmom when I was 11. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's just stuff I've done. That's that's not what I can do with my life. And then talking to Billy more, it was like, no, you can do this. This is something you can actually make a life out of which is what I wanted. I was just I guess afraid to, yeah. you know, jump in and say, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah. But then talking to him and learning from him and seeing his passion that mirrored mine mm-hmm. and just fueled it. It I was like, "Yep, nope, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I will definitely do whatever it takes to make that happen." Yeah.
0: And, and you talked about how even from a young age, I think you said it was either 9 or 9 or 11 mm-hmm. like you you've been uh, working with the camera and uh, that, that was something that Billy echoed as well, like it, his whole life really he's been drawn to uh, capturing these experiences and documenting things. What is it for you that draws you towards uh, wanting to work with a camera and, and wanting to document the world around you and wanting to, I mean y- you made, y- mm. you even said like when you first started UTC this wasn't something that you really knew you wanted to do or you didn't really acknowledge that you wanted to do it. Uh, what is it now that you're a bit removed from that point in your life that draws you or drew you towards uh, wanting to document the world around you with a camera.
1: Um, honestly, I guess starting out with I loved movies when mm. I was a kid, I loved anything that was related to comedy and made people laugh and have a good time mm. because they, you know, they tell a story. Mm. And it's maybe an hour and a half to two hours or you know, fifteen minutes, even five on YouTube mm. or anything like that. You take someone out of the current state they're in, and put them, in another, you know, another space completely, mm-hmm. you know, they feel the emotions you, you make them create with your music and your visuals and everything, and you tell a story that moves someone mm-hmm. in some way, whether that's, you know, they, they're laughing or they're crying because of a beautiful moment or because mm-hmm. it's sad. Mm-hmm. Just being able to create something for someone else to experience mm-hmm. in a special way, you know, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. If it's stupid and silly, you know, you're still giving someone something to laugh about mm. you know whether they've had an awful day that might be that one thing where they're like it's not an awful day I yeah. guess yeah. you know or at least those 15 minutes you know they laughed at that and now they're doing something else and that maybe elevated their mood yeah I just like bringing joy and laughter honestly yeah. which is what I would like to do with all my work yeah that,
0: that's awesome that is awesome I, I'm curious to know now so you talked about uh, you had a love for movies what is like your go-to like if you just have a night is like you're just gonna watch you know uh it's just you maybe you got like are you a are you a popcorn person when you watch absolutely movies? Okay, that good. is my that's, favorite that's, food that's what i wanted to hear good I, i'm a, i'm also a popcorn uh person when it comes to watching movies what's what's your go-to like just hanging out at your at your house or your apartment uh movie you're gonna throw on uh, and watch just for just for fun the
1: 1991 version of point break That features Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Oh, yes. That is my absolute favorite movie. It's definitely not a comedy, (laughs) which is the sort of movie I prefer. Yeah. But it has amazing characters Mm. and storytelling and the exhilarating, like, thrills that the characters go through. Mm. As a watcher, you kind of feel that with them. Like, there's a scene where. Patrick Swayze jumps out of a, I think it's a plane, and he skydives. And watching that, you're like, oh, that's such a cool shot. I wonder how they filmed it. I watched the director's cut. Patrick Swayze did his own stunt and actually skydived. <laughs> he, and, he went yeah, skydiving. That's he what went skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't just filming. It was, yeah. there he goes. Yeah. And being able to see that and learn that and mm-hmm. kind of see the story behind the story was mm-hmm. really cool. and. I, for some reason, am just you know, drawn to that kind yeah. of, that kind of exciting yeah. experience.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, obviously that's in a movie, mm-hmm. and not all movies are real, and some of them, they tell real stories, some of them don't, but that idea of, of being drawn into, it wasn't, there, there's plenty of movies where, you know, cool things happen, like, mm-hmm. right? oh, you'll see cool scenes or explosions, this, that, and the other, whatever, but the the core to a great movie, I think, and you sound like you mm-hmm. agree, is is the character. It's the story. Yeah. It's the it's the arc that this person or people go through from from the beginning to the end, and I think that's the part of the reason I think that is why I and so many others are drawn to movies like that is because it's a reflection of our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, my life in particular is not has not been just some straight line from here to here to here or you know up or down it's been a you know up down sideways left and right like there's mm-hmm. been so many different uh, elements have factored into me being at where I'm at right now that it not that i'm trying to say you know like my life is a movie or something but that's what the best movies are mm-hmm. they show uh, someone who is relatable someone who is uh, we see a little bit of ourselves in them and we they show that they go through different experiences. It's not just a straight shot yeah. from point A to point B to point C and so on. Uh, they have human experiences and are unique like we are. Uh, and you know, maybe we don't go skydiving. <laughs> I personally have not been sky. I would like to one day. I though. would love to. Yeah, I would like to one day. Uh, but, uh, they, the best stories are the stories of, of uh, whether they're real or not, of people that are experiencing real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're experiencing real uh, experiences and situations and how they react to those situations and, mm-hmm. and how it affects the people around them. Those, in my opinion, are the best movies. Those are the yes. ones that stick with me the longest and the ones that I remember and look back on the, the most fondly. Those are the best ones and I think those are the ones that had the most impact. Mm-hmm. And when I think about my own life from that from that angle, uh, it tells me that even though I may not think that my actions and the people that I talk to have much bearing on the world at large, and maybe they don't, they you know uh, the people what I do here in the next hour, maybe it won't have a huge change of of the world or anything like that. But it matters to the person I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. It matters to to me. It matters to the relationships that I have. It matters to uh, you know. You were talking about how you hope that the work you do can at least make somebody's day or make them mm-hmm. happy or or offer a bit of positivity into your sphere of influence, that's really important, Mm -hmm. I think it is, because oftentimes I think that we can think that, oh, the world is such a crazy and and messed up place, like how can I do anything? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe our job isn't to fix every problem in the world, but I think we do have a job to make the small sphere of influence that we might have a better place for ourselves and those around us you know Uh, and I think that's kind of the beauty of of why movies like that exist and and why they inspire us the way they do you know I
1: agree yeah it's just building you know you do change the world it's just not the entire earth it's your world Mm -hmm. your people who have access to you and you have access Mm -hmm. to even if it's you know, just the lady with the coffee stand at the mall that you Mm -hmm. pass by, you know, that little interaction with her where you tell her a joke or say Mm -hmm. you like her hair, you know, that changes her day, that Mm -hmm. changes her world. You know, maybe she felt she didn't look that great that day or Mm -hmm. she wasn't feeling all, you know, too successful, but, you know, saying, hey, I love your coffee, it's so great, Mm -hmm. that just changed her day and that is changing the world, that's changing someone else's world.
0: Yeah, and, and for in my personal life, I mean, this uh, this whole podcast is is a relatively new thing for for me and for us, and uh, I didn't know how impactful it would be or how it, even even how it will be. Who knows? But. Uh, after we released the first episode, uh, somebody came up to me, somebody that my family knows but I don't know personally and they were like, hey, I listened to the first episode and it was great and I loved it and I really think you did a great job here and for me, like it was like you said, it was a very small thing but I was like, man, like the work that I've done has mm-hmm. made at least one person happy. Like, I, I don't know if everybody enjoyed it, maybe they didn't, but I know at least one person really enjoyed it and it meant the world to me because I was like, okay, what I'm doing isn't just confined to myself and, and my little world. It offers a little bit of, of, of pleasure to other people, mm-hmm. which then makes me happy. It makes yep. me fulfilled. It, it allows me to know that what I'm doing and and the efforts that I put in to try and create uh, a, a positive world for myself and a positive impact for others does not go in vain. Yeah. Uh, even if it is on a small scale, it doesn't have to be earth shattering or, or world changing, but it does offer a little bit of relief for ourselves and others uh, and I think compounded amongst other people and, and those around us, that is what changes the mm-hmm. world. That is what what uh, begins to turn the ship in the right direction. Uh, those small changes we make in our day and offering a little bit of a positive uh, spin on things really does make a big impact. I believe. You know? I agree. Yeah. yeah. So um, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, you know, I think oftentimes too. For me personally, I'm like, okay, I want to do good. Today. I want to want to make somebody's day today, and I can kind of overthink it mm-hmm. uh, at times. It's like, okay, how am I gonna? Am I? What, am I gonna go say hi to this person? Am I gonna compliment this? Or what am I gonna do? But in reality, it just it does it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be much. Mm-hmm. It, like you said, it, if you see. Uh, somebody at their at their job, or they're you know they're working at a coffee stand or whatever they're doing. Just saying, hey, you're doing great. I love what you're doing. You're doing a great job, uh, and and stuff like that really does uh, does mean the world at least to me, and I'm sure it does to others as well. Absolutely. Um, that's that's the beauty and everything we get to do. So, um, well, unless no, so it's been about 40 45 minutes here. We'll begin to kind of wrap things up. Okay. I really appreciate you coming in here today. Uh, it's been it's been great speaking with you, and I really hope that everybody uh, who listens and watches enjoys. Before we head out here, I want to just give you the floor. If there is anybody you want to give a shout out to, if there is anybody or anything that you're working on that you're uh, excited about, anything mm-hmm. you got coming up, uh, the floor is yours to tell the the good people at home what you got going on and and what you uh, and anybody you want to shout out or anything like that.
1: Okay. Well, firstly, thank you for having me because. Yeah. Um being reached out to, to have someone hear my story is kind of a, a reverse of the roles. Usually <laughs> I'm reaching out to people Usually for their Usually you're on the so other end of things. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of cool and weird to sit on this side. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. And then also with the idea that I kind of shared about, you know, wanting to put positivity in other people's lives I think also accepting sometimes there are going to be waves that rock the boat Mm -hmm. and kind of just taking those and learning from them. You Mm -hmm. know, smooth seas don't make good sailors. They Mm -hmm. have to have those awful waters to kind of learn how to be a sailor Mm -hmm. and be a pirate. And Mm -hmm. that's a personal favorite analogy of mine, but you know, it's something that is very true. You have to learn from those things to be better in the future. So even if it's not positive every day, it might be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, it, could and maybe will likely be better mm-hmm. at another time. So yeah. just learn from, from what you've experienced, whether it's good or bad yeah. is honestly just yeah. all I can say.
0: Awesome, awesome. And if anybody out there, she didn't mention it, but I will, if anybody out there is is or did attend uh, the Shaky Knees Festival in Atlanta, when is, it, when is that coming out? That or?
1: is April 29th to the May 1st. If
0: anybody is yeah. there, if I don't know when this episode's coming out, but if if it, if it comes out before then, uh, if you are attending that, be on the lookout for Nessa because yes. what, are, what are you going to be doing there? I'm
1: going to be in the photo pit taking pictures.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I will have a front, uh, hopefully a front row seat to go yes. see all the acts play and, and hopefully you get to see Green Day. That would oh, be, yeah. that'd be awesome.
1: That is my favorite band (laughs) so if i i will have shaky knees if i'm there so i cannot wait for that
0: that's awesome that is awesome well nessa again thank you for coming in i really appreciate it it's been an honor and a pleasure speaking with you um all the information for you know uh, any any relevant information for nessa her social medias and everything will be in the description of today's episode so if you want to support nessa if you want to support rising rock and the work that they do at utc feel free to head down to the description and check out uh, everything we've got going on down there As always, thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, It means the world to me, and I really appreciate it. Uh, Anessa, again, thank you for coming in. Thank you. And we hope that you'll all join us again next time. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, guys.